the ghost in us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give up a position one more time, I'll bleed you real quiet and leave you here. Got that? Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today we are talking about minute 21. Minute 21 of Predator. That means this podcast can drink. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> hey, what would this podcast drink? Ooh. Hmm. Well, you told me recently about a, uh, a whiskey or a bourbon that you came across. That's right. Yeah. Do you want I believe it's just called Dutch, right? Oh, that, that's right. It was called Dutch. Yeah, you should tell our um, thousands of listeners uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the Dutch whiskey. Yeah, if if you'd like to catch cash in on the whole Predator Minute craze going around, <laughs> treat yourself, <laughs> treat yourself to some fine bourbon whiskey. Goes by the mm. name of Dutch with the tagline "Get to the Chopper" underneath the title. Seems kind of almost fitting. It seems like it should say "Get to the Chopper." You do you, Dutch right. bourbon whiskey. You know, John, if we ever get to do one of these face to face, we yes. should uh, we should order a bottle of that, and uh, we can clinky cheers oh. right beforehand. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be that'd be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but this this bourbon whiskey just came out in the last month, December of 2018, and <laughs> right because we do this podcast, this was popping up in my my news feeds and on Facebook, ah. and like my dad was texting me, big like, brothers like, listening, yeah, <laughs> big brothers listening, watching, <laughs> saying <laughs> we know we know what you like. <laughs> so um, yeah. that's great i love that all right so creepy big brother ads are gonna get to us we'll probably order a bottle of this and, yeah we'll, and we'll have to share a little together we'll indulge big brother all right big brother this one's this one's on you yeah all right so minute 21 yeah we minute 21 <laughs> we're right on track minute 21 of predator begins with mac finishing his little secret conversation with dylan dylan and ends with Arnold, a.k.a. Dutch, hey, the name of the bourbon whiskey, spying mm. on what appears to be some kind of compound or camp. Mm. Mm. This is a good one. We this got an answer one. to what Mac is going to do. Mac! Mac. Mac. Dylan. Dylan. If he, uh, Dylan. If he gives away their position again. Right. No birthday party. No. <laughs> not, not kicked in the balls. Nope. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna split a cupcake. Not gonna split a cupcake. He's gonna this is it's pretty gruesome. He's gonna bleed him. Yeah. He says. Real quiet. Bleed, I'll bleed you real quiet. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that is that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Got that? Got that? Yeah, as and then just as quickly as Mac, aka Tobias Funke, entered the frame. <laughs> no, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> he does this awesome like withdrawal backwards out of frame. It's pretty funny if you're looking for it and you're watching it a dozen just, of times. Yeah, he just he just sort of like floats out. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like when Chappelle plays Prince in that. Assemble your crew. I'll be outside. <laughs> he just sort of floats out of the frame. Yeah. I was thinking like a puppet too. Like, you know. Right. Like yeah, he does look like a puppet. The yeah. Muppet hops in, it says something, and it just kind of yanks out. It's almost as if someone's pulling uh, Bill Duke out of frame, just like full body and all. It's just like, mm. all right, give him a pull. 
<laughs> we got to get a Mac. Mac! Puppet. Mac! Mac! <laughs> so if, if you want the whole threat, the full threat, um, I wrote it down just to continue it from uh, last minute. He says, you're ghosting us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give our position one more time, I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. Got that? Ooh, and I love that little stinger. Got that? Just, yeah. just putting it right right to Dylan and and <laughs> very rhetorically basically biting in his direction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, and, I love Carl Weathers in this scene. Mm-hmm. He um he does look genuinely shaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's got he's kind of all sweaty and you know, it looks like he's been hiking through the jungle. He's tired. Um he's just taken this fall, and then this guy gives him this pretty nasty threat right to his face like a Muppet <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, but after Muppet Mac pulls himself out of the scene you just get kind of a static shot on Dylan for a minute and he just kind of looks back and forth mm-hmm. and in that quick little moment I really like just the the non-verbal acting there he's he looks scared he's He's processing what just happened. I really love Carl Weathers. Yeah, uh, he he does some great breath acting here. Like when he's breathing, his whole body's like heaving, but he's breathing through his nose. So if you've ever yeah. done that, like where you're like, I don't know, really winded, but you're trying to breathe through your nose, like you're doing a whole lot extra work. And we <laughs> see that. Not to, <laughs> try not to show the high school kids that you're winded on the basketball court. <laughs> right. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. Or on a soccer field. I'm, I'm going to go get a drink of water. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I like what he's doing we do see some really good breath acting later on too and um he's out you know stalking the predator much later in the movie just i just visualize like his chest and his stomach expanding and contracting mm-hmm. right like running around the jungle after the predator um but then he does this thing as mac withdraws i, I wonder what you make of this where he he kind of almost like He's like biting out almost silently towards Mac as Mac is pull slash withdrawing out of the frame. Hmm. Yeah, I, n- I noticed you mentioned this in your notes, and I have to admit, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. But yeah, he kind of, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of like, yeah, he makes a little motion with his with his face there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's sort of him just sort of gathering himself. Sure. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, it's really a, an aggressive motion back at Mac. I think it's him just being like, okay, get your shit together, stand up, keep moving, shake it off. I can't just sit here after falling over this log. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I took away from it. Interesting. I'm going to have to disagree with you there just because mm. of his reaction, right? As Mac is leaving to me is, it's very like he, he has his eyes on Mac's eyes and he's like, it's almost does, does this little mini lunge. I don't know what he's going mm. for, but or maybe he's just opened his mouth to finally breathe out of his mouth after breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The high school kids are gone. Right. I can take a breath. <laughs> My dignity. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to know. Uh, I thought um, before we move on, I thought I'd cut to what they do in the script here because this is, <laughs> these are the only words in the minute. So I figured this is a good place to cut away to the script real fast. Yeah. Um, but in the script, there's a big change of Rue in that Blaine is the one issuing the warning to Dylan in the script. And then Blaine walks off um, and then is talking to Mac later on after the threat. But the, the, the original threat, I, I really like it. Just It just says, motherfuck, motherfuck. And he's ripping <laughs> Dylan's collar. He says, you ghosting on me, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. Right now, you are nothing. Got it? Nothing. You breathe loud, fart, anything. Give away your position again. 
and I'll bleed you quiet and leave your fucking ass right here. And Dylan, <laughs> Dylan does the thing, right? We're talking about like, he kind of breathes out. He kind of like, like relaxes a little bit as soon as Mac leaves in the, in the script, Dylan actually has a little retort for after Blaine mm. leaves. He mimics Blaine's accent and says, I can wait country boy. And then country boy is spelled C U N T. Oh, you know, space R Y for that. How, uh, how vulgar, how vulgar Dylan, how vulgar Dylan, Dylan, we're on a mission. <laughs> should be saying things like that. I just got a, <laughs> I think we should make a gif with a sound effects of, <laughs> of Mac or not Mac, but uh, of Dylan sort of squatted down there and then a <laughs> sound <laughs> as he starts moving. <laughs> and then Mac jumps back in frame. Yeah. Mac, you ghosting uh, us. You ghosting us. That's a ghost fart. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. folks. Predator right. minute fart jokes. You, yeah, it's claimed now. You can't. Nobody else can claim that. This is this is highbrow <laughs> entertainment. Yep. That's yep. that's pretty interesting though that it was Blaine the first time around. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would have been better or worse or the same. Um, I do kind of like Mac in that scene. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Blaine is a little more soft spoken, so I don't know if that fits his character as much mm-hmm. you know i think with mac making the threat like as carefully as i want to tiptoe this tiptoe this line uh he is another black character who is making uh the mm. threat and the reminder that right you're we're not in your world you're in our world dylan mm-hmm. um if it's blaine you know a white character I, I think there is something you know maybe some racial undertones that people might be pricking their ears up and catching like, wait a second, like, would you be saying this to anybody? And we can see as <laughs> Dylan is being threatened and that, yeah, okay. The team would be doing this kind of threat to anybody. Yeah. And, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And plus just the psyches that we see later on, how early they kill Blaine off. I, I, th- I think part of the purpose of that is that Bill Duke is the better actor and they, they want to continue with yeah. the better actor and yeah, try to keep the characters close to their script avatars. But yeah, I think you're right on that. I think you're right. Um, I had, I had to ask you, have you ever had to do this kind of face to face talk um, either side of that where either you're having to put someone in their place, remind them <laughs> uh, what they mm. should be doing for the good of the team, or maybe you are the one messing around and just, you know, goofing off or you're just messing up on accident? Yeah, I saw this question in your notes and I have to admit this was a tough one uh, for me to think of. And I I wasn't able to come up with a a specific answer to it, but you know, both you and I are teachers. And so is that what you thought of? (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had to have times where I pull a kid out and I don't tell him that he's ghosting this motherfucker, but I use slightly different (laughs) words to get the same point across. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Now take your ass on down to Oshag Hennessy's office right now and tell him exactly what you did! Um, and instead of saying you're giving up our position, you know, it's you're derailing my entire classroom. So in that regard, I, I identify with the the sentiment of the of the scene. How about how about you? Did you have a, a story or something specific that you were thinking of? Gosh, I don't think I have any good stories these days uh, as a teacher, nothing specific, but all the same, just like you having to pull someone out of class. And I will sometimes make them wait a couple 
minutes, maybe 30 seconds. Oh, and just you got to make them wait. Yeah, you, you make them wait and then you go out. And then instead of doing this whole like threat thing, I just start asking questions or I wait for them to talk. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if they know what they did, why they should I, feel bad. I'm a fan of at least five minutes. I let them <laughs> do out there in the hallway <laughs> they know they can't leave <laughs> right just let them sit just let them sit let them stew on that mm-hmm. yeah yeah so basically what we're saying is that you and i are good teachers <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome parents you're welcome parents. <laughs> all right so that brings us to my one of my it's actually not my favorite part of the minute, but it's uh, my probably my second favorite part of the minute. It's when we learn that Billy is actually <laughs> Tobias Fuque. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> we were right all along, John. Yep. I just blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> he just pops up out of some jungle leaves just out of nowhere. We can't yeah. see him. And then, boop, there he is. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a I, wonderful I, shot. I mean, you see like... It's so great. It's so great. I watched it over and over again. It, cu- it cuts the Billy here. And he's just like standing behind the ferns. He stands up. And the next second, where is he? Like Arnold's literally standing right next to him. <laughs> I love that so much. And he has such a... <laughs> And he has such a smirk on his face, too, while he's doing it. Yeah. It's so funny because I had totally forgotten about this. It's not like I was thinking ahead and being like, oh, he's going to pop out of the jungle. But we had that whole conversation during the last one. And then I'm watching this minute and he does a little pop up and I lost it. I watched it over and over like 10 times cracking up. He's literally Tobias Fuque. Yep. (laughs) That's great. So Billy Billy pops up out of the jungle. The jungle foliage, which I'm sure is one of the instances in which prop masters put pieces of jungle in front of them. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, And one of the interesting little tidbits here in the visual of Billy when he's pointing his M16 with shotgun under attachment is the M16 barrel. You can see a smaller uh, concentric barrel inside of it, and that's the adapter to fire blanks. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. IMDB firearms. uh, trivia there. I am FDB. Yes. I just like to call them the IMDB firearms. Like the team pulled out their IMDB firearms. Right. Right. So now we get um, the the camera moves back and Mm -hmm. we're, we're focused on Dutch and Billy next door to him. And we get one of my favorite, this is my favorite part of the minute is the tracking shot. Yes. This, this crane tracking shot. And um, I have to say, one of my favorite parts of this project that we're doing with this movie is, you know, when you watch a movie minute by minute, you catch so much more than you would otherwise. And um, if I was just watching this movie casually, I might just miss how, what a great use of the camera and what a great shot this this scene is. Because um, they, they track, it's a, it's a one shot with no edits and they track Arnold from a standing position to a crawling position down a hill. Crawling down then, a hill. That's oh, that's just so nuts to me. Yeah, and we're in the jungle, mind you. So, you know, think about the difficulties, logistical difficulties with that. And then as Arnold reaches the bottom of the hill in that log, uh, the camera pans up over him or moves up over him and we get a nice wide shot of the village down below. Yeah, all So there's, there's all a lot to talk go. about in this shot. Yeah, it's all in one, in one go. And uh, it's a really great way to set up the transition to the next scene yeah and an action movie having these long shots is just i mean it's 
to me, it's unheard of. This is a 34 second shot from which, just like you were saying, you, you see Dutch standing and then you end with Dutch looking over the encampment. And we, just like Dutch, see the exact and same encampment. It's far down there from where he is. It looks to be, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 feet away and way, way, way downhill. So maybe even more than 50, mm-hmm. 60 feet. And they, they have stuff going on. It's a busy village. Yeah. Yeah. We'll t- we should talk about that <laughs> in a, when we get to that part. Definitely. There's some, there's some funny extras down there doing some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as you would, honestly, just hanging out in the middle of the jungle, like with no idea if like, is anybody ever going to come around? But we'll talk about right. that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So let's start at the beginning of the tracking shot because mm-hmm. this, this made me smile like ear to ear and I rewound it and watched it a couple of times is just the choreography of, of Arnold. Mm-hmm. in the beginning of the shot because he's standing up and he's holding his gun and he does this great move where he reaches back behind him with his hand hands the gun off to do you know who's behind him oh, that's panchito making, that's panchito yes panchito hands the gun back to panchito panchito takes the gun arnold doesn't move his hand it remains sort of behind his shoulder outstretched panchito replaces the gun with the binoculars. Oh, I love this. Yeah, Arnold, I love that move. That's yeah. such a great move. Arnold brings it back in. And I don't know why that just made me smile so much, but I just love the choreography there and the fact that we are to believe that they are so in sync that all he has to do is reach his gun back. Poncho knows exactly what to do. I'm going to take the gun, give him the binoculars, and then Arnold goes back into his position. And it's a really great little sequence. I love it. Well, even before that, he does this little sweep of the arms, of both arms, switching his... Oh, yes. And on the uh, M16, so he can make sure to say, go this way to the right, go this way to the left. That's right. He directs the the crew. And we we see almost all the team members in that one just shot right there, that five-second just sweeping of the arms, except for Hawkins. He's the only one who we don't see uh, Mm. during that little, let's all make our way down this hill. Yeah. And so then we get Arnold... He crouches down and he gets into the classic, like, I guess you'd call it an army crawl. Yeah. Yeah. The, the army crawl, the classic, your your belly is basically on the ground. It's not like the workout army crawl. I, you know, watch, right. I watch too many videos <laughs> where people are just doing army crawl workouts. Now what I'm looking for, I'm looking for an actual army crawl. And um, there's some videos of yeah soldiers training the, <laughs> with their uh, the whole body is just super, super low to the ground. Um pulling their weapon, you know, behind them across their back. Uh, one note that I took from the video that the instructor was telling uh, the people he was training was uh, to make sure that your the barrels of any of your weapons are not digging into the mud because then, you, you know, you could have mm. a jam or trouble then, firing later. Right. And Arnold looks pretty natural doing this little army crawl. Yeah. Um, down, he goes down the hill and it kind of flattens out. And then we get like the gratuitous Schwarzenegger butt shot. Yeah. Yeah. A whole lot of Arnold butt. <laughs> Yeah, his butt is really front and center there for a second. Yeah. Or two. And and like you said, a nicely placed uh, log. <laughs> and then he kind of pokes his head up in the log. And I love how the camera sweeps up very, very quickly, sweeps up over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And we see Arnold pull the binoculars out and look down. And then we get this pretty awesome shot of the village down beyond the uh, jungle trees. Yeah. And this 34 second shot, it's one of the really one of the few things that John McTiernan actually talks about on the director commentary Mm. uh, for the DVD of Predator. He says that just here's his exact quote. He says, I got in a lot of trouble for this shot. It was with a crane and a remote camera and the studio was all pissed off because it took three hours to get the damn shot. It was hard to do those things in a jungle location. Um, so wow. it's, it's, it's three hours, Yeah, three hours to set up, which 
I mean, is imaginable because I mean, you're. Yeah, I guess you got to set up that crane. Yeah, and that crane camera's got to be on uneven ground. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out how to how to get that steady, and then frame the whole scene so that the camera can capture it in the way you want to. But man, it's incredible when you think about just like movie making in general is is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. How you might take half of a day to do a thirty second shot. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, and at the same time, right, he's carrying binoculars, so he can only use the one hand so he's right having to learn how to to crawl unless he already knew how to army crawl because he was mm-hmm. in the military i think in austria before he came to the u.s all these things coming together yeah all right well speaking of uh, long shots and long takes mm-hmm. i uh after watching this minute it made me think about long takes in other movies and i brainstormed a little list of some of my favorite long takes what's known in the industry as a oneer, mm. uh, and i made a little list would you can I can I bounce my list off of you? Yes, please. I, I'm so happy that you took notes. This is very yeah, exciting. I know. <laughs> it's a, it's a predator minute milestone. <laughs> the, the co-host made some notes, <laughs> and yet I did not share them with you. <laughs> Surprise! All right, so I'm kind of I'm I'm going to list these. These are I made a, a short list of some of my favorites and. I also made a, a short list of long one takes that I know are famous, but I, that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious if you've seen them. So I'm going to ask you a couple of those after after my list. Okay. So these are in no particular order. It's not like counting down. These are just off the top of my head, some of my favorite long shots. And uh, it'll definitely gear towards action movies because I have an affinity for action movies. Yep. <laughs> As you know. Yeah. Um, all right, so my first one on the list is, uh, have you ever seen Hard Boiled? Hard Boiled, two-disc ultimate edition. With Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah, I think I watched that one a few years ago. Yeah, so there is a pretty famous one-shot with Chow Yun-Fat and uh, his companion having a shootout in a hospital. I don't know if you remember that, but it's um, if you look it up online, it's pretty incredible. And what I love about it is it's, it's all one shot. There's no CG effects happening at all. Mm-hmm. And it's about two and a half minutes, I think. And right in the middle of this shootout action scene, they go into an elevator and the elevator doors close. And you and the audience are assuming that the elevator is moving up or down. They're going to a new floor. In actuality, what's happening is those elevator doors close. They have like a 20 second conversation. And what was happening is in real time, the crew... <laughs> was running around and resetting the entire set behind those doors. Oh my gosh. And then they open the doors back up and it's and it looks like a different floor and the fight scene continues. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. This is Are you really? I love yeah. this stuff. This is amazing. Yeah, you can just Yeah. Yeah. There's just you, so much carnage it, and there's like stuff exploding and there's right multiple multiple actors and just gunfire and just all the squibs going off. There's flames, paper flying. And it's all practical. There's yeah. no CG effects here. Like they had to time and coordinate all these explosions and squibs and, and stunts and things exploding and glass exploding. It's 
it's truly incredible. Oh man. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. So hard boiled. So my next one is, um, have you ever seen old boy? <laughs> yeah. That, that's when it came to mind as soon as you said, yeah. Cause I just know what yeah. kind of movies you like. And right. Yeah. It's the famous hallway fight scene where he fights like 25 guys with only a hammer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, check that out everybody. If you've never seen old boy, also just a great movie. Just, overall. just brutal. I mean, there's, it's not gunplay. It's like all melee oh. weapons. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole movie is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, I had to include probably one of the most famous one shots and that's the, uh, Copacabana scene in Goodfellas. Mm, you'll have to remind me of that one. It's been a while. Yeah. So it's pretty famous, uh, one shot in Goodfellas and it's when our, uh, our hero, um, Ray Liotta is taking, shoot, I forgot the actress's name, but taking, uh, his soon to be girlfriend, they're on a first date or really second date, but taking her out and, um, takes her to the Copacabana club, but takes her down the stairwell and, and through the back hallways, through the kitchen, through the back doors, into the club, um, through all the tables. And the whole thing is one shot. There's people flying back and forth. They enter the kitchen. There's all sorts of commotion in the kitchen. They're going through doors and into this room and that room and ends with like waiters bringing a special table right down to the front row uh, for a little comedy uh, music show in a in a club and and it's 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 very famous it's one of the most famous one takes one long takes and it's it's really one of scorsese's like one of his best things he's ever done wow. it's pretty incredible so you probably have then like just so many different actors doing different things and moving around. yeah it's just it's one of those things that's it's not only impressive because it's just one shot but how many you know every time they bust through a door and go into a new room the room looks like it's it's active right Right. like they like they must have had like a cue or like okay start moving now because right when they bust into the room everyone's moving around really fast like in the kitchens they're cooking and they're doing this and doing that and people are yelling and shouting and they're having these short conversations that get caught and and everyone's saying hello to Ray Liotta and Ray Liotta's saying hello back and he knows all their names and he's shouting them out left and right and left and right. And uh, every time I come here, every time you yeah. do. Yeah, it's it's great. After, after we record, uh, just pull up the long shot from Good. Oh, I'm looking at that one too, yeah. And just yeah, you're going through just that. I really like that feeling of like there's this world that's organic and alive and you're just kind of passing mm-hmm. through it. You're not like the world. You're not like the main focus of everything. You're just, right. And just, just a couple actors, a couple people, a couple players. And it, yeah. And it goes along. It gives you the sense of wonder. Like this girl is being taken on this date and she's like, who is this guy? How does he know everybody? Yeah. He's given everybody hundred dollar bills that walk by. <laughs> and, uh, and so you're impressed by the one shot at the same time. It, adds to the sense of wonder that you're feeling through this character who's being swept off her feet here. And, you know, it's just a great, great movie moment. I love Mm -hmm. it. All right. So sorry, the good fellows. Let's see. Another one on my list was the long shot in Boogie Nights. So it's, it's, um, it's a kind of dark, but it's the long shot when uh, William H. Macy. Oh yeah. William H. Macy. So it's the scene in Boogie Nights when William H. Macy gets fed up with his uh, wife uh, constantly cheating on him. And it's this one long shot that follows him as he walks through this party 
and in this place and in this place and then in this room and inside the house and down the long hallway. And it ends with him finding his wife sleeping with another man in a room and he shoots both of them. Oh man. And it's, yeah, it's dark, but it's, it's uh, a pretty effective, uh, pretty effective scene, pretty effective shot. Okay. All right. So that's kind of a downer. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, pick it up. So then my next one is uh gravity. Oh yeah. You seen yeah. Like the opening scene of gravity, right? right. Is that, yeah. It's that our own? action sequence. Yes. Um, Oh wait, you mean the director? Yeah. Uh, I have it as Peter Scaretta. As the director? Yeah. Or am I, did I write that down wrong? I think you wrote that down right. It's Koran, yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. He's the guy who did Children of Men, which had mm-hmm. tons of long shots. Yeah. Oh, that was also on my list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oops, sorry. I, just, I must have uh, copied and pasted the wrong thing there. Uh, oh, and I forgot to say that Boogie Nights, of course, is Paul Thomas Anderson. Fantastic director. Ah. All right, I'm taking up a lot of time here. So, <laughs> gravity. It's a long shot. <laughs> it's a long shot. Gravity is a good one. I, I like I like the long shot in gravity. It it gets less points because there's obviously some CG magic going on there. Um, right. I, I really like the long shots that are all practical effects and there's all everything's happening in real time. <laughs> all right, another one that I love is the long shot that happens in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yes. I know exactly the one you mean. You know, talking about when he walks yeah. to the market. It's like everything just started happening, but he's totally unawares. Yes. I think that sh- that whole shot, that scene is brilliantly constructed. And yes. it is a master class in comedic movie making. Um, completely visual. All the mm-hmm. jokes are visual. The whole thing is perfectly choreographed. Like that should be shown in film classes about how to visually tell a joke like that is yes fantastic and then uh all those were in no particular order but i think one of the best oneers one shots uh, ever done and you mentioned this before is children of men um, yes the car scene and this is a pretty famous one if you've um ever seen this movie or even just done any research about long shots this one always comes up and mm-hmm. it is it comes up for a reason it is incredible um apparently it took three days to finally get right and uh it's if you don't if you've never seen the movie it's an action sequence that takes place uh inside a car driving down a country road and all sorts of stuff happens other cars start chasing them some violence happens some guns are shot but the camera goes the whole time and the camera moves facing forwards facing backwards at certain points it moves outside of the car which is kind of incredible and it's yeah it, it's it's pretty great if you've never seen the movie watch the movie from beginning to end because it's wonderful but if you have seen the movie go back and rewatch that scene it's, yeah. it's worth it i know i know exactly the scene you mean that's just in that that whole movie is just so intense and uh, yeah i feel like these it long is. shots what they help do is they help build that tension um if that's what the director is going for a, a tense scene then really what can be more tense than a shot that just won't end when you're just like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, please change the point of view for a second. Let me breathe. Like, like, let, right. just like you let Dylan breathe. Just let me breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's so effective because one of the things that I hate about big studio action movies sometimes, especially like modern mm-hmm. studio action movies is like the tendency to do the quick cut, like the super yeah. fast cuts, especially, especially during fight scenes. And I, I hate that. It just, it kind of ruins it for me. Like it's why I love old Jackie Chan movies. Cause in Jackie Chan movies, they just pull the mm-hmm. camera back, put, put the two, the two fighters in the center of the screen and just let them go. And you see everything and there's no quick cuts and there's no camera tricks. You just 
see the fight for what it is. And I don't know, you're right. Like it's very effective. It builds tension. It holds your attention. And I, I it always makes me perk up when I know, when I start to notice, Oh, in a, when I'm watching a movie, yeah. this, this is a one shot. I'm going to, yeah, I'll mention that to my wife too for watching yeah. something. I'll say, "Oh wow, that was all one shot!" Like, let's watch, let's watch that one again. Let's let's right. watch Dutch crawl right. down the hill on his belly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's that's my uh, that's what I came up with off the top of my head. Did did you have any others? Yeah, as uh, that... as you're going over your list, I was totally thinking of a couple. Um, is it okay if I share mine? Please, I guess you asked. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one that came to mind was the opening of Spectre, which is the latest James Bond movie. Ah. Uh, the opening, they're moving through. Uh, I can't remember where. We'll edit this in post, but he's moving through. <laughs> insert city name here: Mexico City. Um, James, James <laughs> Bond is with um, with a woman, and it's a Dia de los Muertos celebration in the streets yes, yes. Uh, and i remember this I, now yeah. yeah as i was doing the research for that for whatever reason just because i wanted to i guess uh, a few months ago yeah it was one of those things where they hired so many thousand extras maybe a thousand extras and then wow. like gravity they're adding in a lot like something like 10 to twenty thousand like cg extras but at the same right. time it's all this this huge one shot as he makes his way through the streets with all these party people they go into a multi-story building. The camera's following them as they go up into the building. I believe, if I remember correctly, um, he takes off the mask in their room, and she goes off and does something. And then during it, still shot is still going. Like he walks out onto the ledge outside of the window and is like making his way along the ledge, and the camera's still following him somehow. Mm. And then I think. It, finally cuts when he's entering the next room or he's entering a, a stairwell or something like that. But it's just one of these massive long takes where you're just following him through this crowd and this from an open space to a closed space, much like um, what you're talking about with the, uh, I think Boogie Nights did that, right? Did they do the yeah. open closed space? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that one really stood out to me. And, I, and that's that was great. Just, I'm going to have to uh, check that out again for sure. Totally. And for those long shots. Um, and the other one that popped up when I was just watching one of my previous recommends, Daredevil season three, there is a moment, a moment, there is a three minute long shot of oh, wow. this, this prison break going from, you know, like the maximum security part of prison to free. Um, and just the whole, all this madness, this chaos that's happening. It's a mix of one of these Hong Kong fight scenes and, the Ray Liotta scene where you're like, you're going through and there's all this action happening. Right. There's this riot actively going on in every single room and hallway of the prison. And the characters just trying to make their way out, just trying to go room by room and try to um, escape. And you can see like, Oh my God, like just how nuts something like that would be um, as movified as it is. It'd still just be so intense. And they mm. do a great job of using that three minute long shot to. I'm sorry. What show was that? It was Daredevil. It's from season three. Got it. Okay, cool. Very nice. And then, um, sorry, did you have any others? Uh, that's all that popped in my head, but it's definitely, like you said, it's something that like just pops right. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I guess one more does pop into my head as soon as I Googled it. This image can't help but come up. Did you ever see uh, The Kingsman? Manners maketh man. I saw the first one. Yes, that's uh, what I mean. Yeah, I saw the first one, but it was several years ago. To be honest, I don't remember a lot about it. Well, you, you would remember this scene. This would be where Colin Firth takes on the whole 
uh, church full of um, <laughs> extremists. Holy, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> he's just going through everybody, killing them in various ways. And it is just so brutal. I remember just seeing that scene in the movie theater with my wife. And I'm just standing <laughs> up going, oh, my God, this is so terrible. Oh, this is so awesome. Oh, this is so terrible. <laughs> All at the same time. All at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, if you had the stomach for it, you know, watch. There, There's some... There's some brutal, brutal action there. Yeah. Um, so when I was making this list, I, I was also looking around online to kind of make sure I didn't forget any. Um, and as I was doing that, there was a handful, like three or four movies that kept on coming up. And these mm-hmm. are movies that I have never seen or I've seen once, but a long time ago. And so I didn't remember. And so one that kept on coming up was... Uh, Paths of Glory, which is an old Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. a war film. Yeah, and I guess there's a long tracking shot, like on a dolly that goes um, through the trenches. Um, it's supposed to be one of his most famous okay. shots. Yeah, so Kubrick's first war movie, Paths of Glory. The other one, and I know I've seen this movie, but it's probably been 20 years since I saw it, is uh, Snake Eyes, Snake starring Eyes. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, directed by Brian De Palma, which I didn't realize. Yeah, um, Exactly, yeah. So I guess the first uh, part, the very first opening scene of Snake Eyes is a very, very long one shot. I think it's like 13 minutes, um, but I read that it's a little bit of a cheat. Apparently there's four secret cuts in there, mm. but still. 13 minutes. Um, 13 minutes with only four cuts, and they're kind of like hidden cuts is pretty cool. And I guess it's it's Nicolas Cage as he's walking into a, a stadium to watch a boxing match. Mm. So that one came up a lot. Um, also, The Player, directed by Robert Altman. Have you ever seen The Player? No, I thought, for a second I thought you said The Play. I was like, of course, Jeff. They're not, not like, The Play. The Player. The Player, yeah, The Player I know I've seen, um, but it's, uh, I guess, again, the opening scene of the player is uh it's kind of a satirical look at hollywood and the first like five or six minutes is one long shot that introduces all the different characters on a back lot of a movie set okay um and that's it yeah it was kind of fun to to go through i watched several of them i watched several of them over again and i hadn't seen in a while yeah. and uh yeah they're impressive that hard bo- that hard boiled one you know i'd seen hard boiled but it, it's probably been over 10 years and so watching that again i was like god yeah. damn that's a good movie all right i got oh, us no. off track should we get back to predator <laughs> totally on track. this is exactly i mean i'm sure the <laughs> title of the episode is going to be something like the the one shot or the oneer the oneer how do you spell that o n e r it's like the oneeters and the the wonders right that thing you do Wonders, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wonders. It's wonders. <laughs> the wonder. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, All right. So where were we? Do you want to pull us back in here? Sure. I, I before we move on to the last five seconds of this minute, um, I wanted to consult the field manual. Flip, 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 mm. flip, flip through the field manual for Jungle Operations, nineteen eighty-two. Um, cue, wanna, cue the contra music. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> oh my gosh, Smooth McGroove is here. Provided hey. by Smooth McGroove, of course. All right, Thanks, Smooth. Your, <laughs> there's your in-text citation, Smooth. Um, <laughs> so I found a couple little excerpts talking about, uh, one, how to conduct a jungle offense, and two, how to move into a point of contact. 
Um, so for conduct of the jungle offense on page 5-12, it says operations are enemy oriented, not terrain oriented. Wherever the enemy is found, that is where he should be destroyed. Mm. If he's allowed to escape, he'll only have to be found again with all the risks involved. I just love how to the point this language is. It's like, hey, remember, you're in the army. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> might die. <laughs> you might die. So you make sure you kill the enemy. That's what you're here for. The jungle, you're not, you're not here to just hang out and write, get cholera or whatever terrible diseases there are floating <laughs> around the jungle. You're here to destroy the enemy. <laughs> So that's great. Little set of directions. The second part talks about the movement to contact and hasty attack. The assault should be made using fire and maneuver. Soldiers should cover each other, moving by crawls and short rushes. Fire should be well-aimed shots and short bursts of automatic fire. Hmm. Or in other words, hide in a bush and slowly (laughs) stand up with a smirk on your face. (laughs) And throw grenades. And then push an abandoned car down the hill. <laughs> Throw all the grenades. <laughs> oh man, we're almost there, John. I can't. Wait. I know, I know. It's like this jungle manual. Just can't wait either. It's like, <laughs> hang on, hang on, field manual. We'll talk about some high rates of fire in just a moment. Yeah. Um, so speaking of looking down the hill at this uh, jungle camp, mm-hmm. we've got a couple extras down here, just working hard. Just- <laughs> Doing their jobs. I love this. I love this guy. We get this just chopping wood (laughs) right next to this abandoned uh, big rig. I don't know. A truck trailer. What is that? Yeah. He's just wearing overalls. He's not wearing like (laughs) what you'd think like a typical gorilla fighter would be wearing. He is. He is wearing overalls and like a funny hat. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like a straw, like. It looks, almost looks like the yellow hat from Curious George. Curious George, the curious little monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Mind his own yeah. business, just trying to make a living working at this gorilla camp. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm just chopping wood over here. I hope no abandoned car flies down the hill with explosives tied to it. <laughs> I hope like the biggest handheld weapon we've ever seen on screen <laughs> doesn't make its appearance all of a sudden at my camp. I would be screwed just sitting here chopping wood. And then I love the camera after we get chopping wood guy. The camera moves up a little bit and we get, how would you describe this guy? What looks to be an armed hippie. So <laughs> That's what I thought too. He's got a little headband on with the long hair. Carrying an AK-47, you know, across his back. So maybe a hippie, when you push him too far, <laughs> joins the gorilla cause. It looks like this guy just like was hanging out on Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco and was like, you know what? Fuck all this. I'm going to go live in a jungle village strap an ak to my back <laughs> I, I think oh and to note the guy chopping wood is chopping it right next to the infamous infamous pickup truck and what what are you noticing about this pickup truck i mean to me it looks like it's seen a few better days <laughs> it's, yeah what happened to this thing the top is like all dented in it, it looks like someone dropped a an elephant on top of it like, <laughs> yes <laughs> It is really smashed in. Is this the truck they end up pushing down the hill? Uh, I believe it is. And you can even hear the generator noise. You're hearing all the camp sounds as if you're right there. So Mm. as soon as Arnold puts on his glasses, it's like magic binoculars. We're like, all of a sudden I can now hear what I can hear the chopped wood. And I can hear (laughs) 
generator running. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. They're going to push it down the hill. Right. right. <laughs> Just like the gorillas, you're going to end your life in a fiery explosion. <laughs> That's great. We're going to have so many different extras to talk about that live in this jungle camp. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. We, we really need to keep an eye out for these guys. We're going to have to come up with names. I think the guy chopping wood right. has to be Woody. What, what do you want to name mm-hmm. the Oh gosh, like Moonbeam or something? Oh, beam. That's, oh that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hippie and Moon. No, Woody and Moonbeam. Woody and Moonbeam. All right. <laughs> another All right, another so, fantastic name. Join us next time on Predator Minute for the exploits of Woody and Moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Well, John, do you have anything else to add about minute twenty one? We've reached the end. I don't think so. I'm just I'm so happy that we we found it. We have found what we're looking for. We have found those some of the bitches who killed Hopper and his men and kidnapped the people from the helicopter, supposedly. Yeah. And they are about to meet their maker. It is, as Blaine would put it, payback time. Payback time. (laughs) Yes. No, I think I think I'm all out. I think uh, we we talk recommends at this point. Um, oh yeah, Ooh, I should probably think of something real quick. Okay. Did you did you happen to listen to the last episode yet? I did. Oh, yeah. Did you did you recognize the track I put in the background for recommends? Um, I don't know if I did. What was it? <laughs> so back in the mid '90s, if you remember, uh, East Coast hip hop was at its height with players such as Biggie Smalls, Puff Daddy. Before he is P. Diddy and my favorite of the bunch, Mace. Do you remember Mace? I do remember Mace. Fuck yeah, I remember Mace. Mace was so big for his britches at one point that he created his own hip-hop group called Harlem World. And they released a CD and then soon after disbanded because... (laughs) I feel like that all happened in like four minutes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He was on with Puff Daddy. He got famous, had a single, made an album, made another album with his crew, and ten minutes later, it all fell apart. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I was a huge Mace head. I, I was a huge fan of you were a Mace head of M A dollar sign E. Yeah. Was, Yo, the, you guys, you gotta check out this this guy Mace. <laughs> Shit is hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! And all two of his CDs, and then I guess he went—he <laughs> went into like the whole. He went into the preaching game because he. Oh no! Things never end well when you do that. <laughs> he made some. I think he made some worship CDs, and I think he came back into the hip hop game. He worship CDs. Yeah, Jeez. Oh, we'll, we'll see. I have to do my research to see if that's a thing that he Poor actually Mace. came up. Mason Beth. All right, R.I.P. Mace. So, so the track that lays behind our recommend section is titled "I Really Like It," and that's the first one that popped up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Like uh, you've you've nailed it from now on. That's what it is. Unless you come up with some kind of recommix, then we'll we'll go with that. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> you, yeah. I'm supposed to do Won't something. <laughs> All right. Um, that's time. What do John, you? John, I'm gonna. Mi- I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna make you recommend first, while I um, think about. I know. Think about some of the stuff I've seen. So, sure. Put you on the spot. You recommend first. Okay. So, um, as I've been on my paternity leave this week, I've had the uh, opportunity of listening to a lot of podcasts because mm. 
uh, I'm not really watching movies as I'm bouncing, traveling around with the kiddo. Um, so I'm just doing a lot of, you know, the Bluetooth headphones in the ears and listen to a lot of podcasts as I'm doing the fatherly duties, the parental duties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one podcast I came across that I've listened to quite a few episodes of now is called Blast Points. Let me make sure I have the name right. Um, Blast Points is a Star Wars podcast. No surprise. I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Um, and one of the unique things that Blast Points does is they just have this super positive attitude when it comes to everything and anything Star Wars. There's no bad apple of the bunch when they're reviewing things. There's never a time when they're really saying, yeah, but this time in The Last Jedi, da 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 Nerd, angry. Right, they're not like the toxic fan base you hear so many yeah, wonderful things yeah. about in the media no they're just they just take on anything and everything star wars and uh, put it in a positive light and just find the good in it and just overall like listen to it has been a, a, a huge just positive experience when i'm um going cool. through the day what's their setup? Do they just talk about the movies? Do they have a topic every week or how do yeah. they structure? Um, so their, their structures is in trying to cover everything and anything Star Wars. They'll devote whole episodes to, you know, a, a single toy or a single set of toys mm. from Star Wars or a single movie where they'll revisit a movie or they'll be talking about one of the TV shows or um, the novels uh, you know, a particular novel or one of the characters, or they'll be doing an interview, um, or they'll be looking at behind the scenes or deleted scenes from different DVDs. And what I really enjoy about that is that that is what the whole episode will focus on. It's not just like we're going to kick back and kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about. No, it's around Star Wars and it's focused on specific things. So when you're going through, it's not like these randomly esoterically titled episodes where you're saying like, I have no idea what they're going to talk about. No, it's things like J.W. Rinsler in the early drafts of Return of the Jedi. So in that episode, you know they're going to talk about this guy, J.W. Rinsler, who's uh, put together all these kind of behind-the-scenes retrospective works on the individual Star Wars movies. Um, Hmm. And I do believe they interview J.W. Rinsler. He's a huge um, fan of the Star Wars universe himself, obviously, so he's always going on these Star Wars podcasts. Uh, So check them out. That's Blast Points which uh, if you don't know the Star Wars lingo so much, it comes from um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi line from episode four, uh, A New Hope, Star Wars, the first one, a motion picture, if you will, where he's pointing out Mm. to Luke just how accurate (laughs) the sand troopers or the storm troopers are um, in pointing to the destruction on the Jawa sand crawler saying something like, and these blast points, right? Far too, something like far too accurate for sand people. And these... Last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Um, and so that's what they named their, their podcast, Blast Points. Very so nice. Check them out if you, if you like, you know, positivity in um, your podcast and you like learning some new things about Star Wars. Nice. All right, did you think Very of cool. Purple, Jeff? I did. Awesome. I got something for you. Yeah, so you talking about podcasts, you made me think of a podcast I'd like to recommend, and then I did have a movie I watched recently as well. Go for it. Um, so for a pod, actually, uh, yeah, for a podcast, uh, I'm going to recommend another movie-related podcast. This is one called Pure Cinema Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, it's just kind of a cinema file 
uh, movie podcast. The hosts are Elric Kane and Brian Sauer. And I came about this podcast because I've mentioned previously that I listened to Shockwaves, which is a podcast dedicated to horror movies. And Elric Kane is one of the hosts of that podcast. Okay. Well, he branched off and did a is doing a different podcast with a, another co-host that is not dedicated specifically to horror, just to all movies in general. But these guys definitely lean towards the weird, the obscure. The, um, they love um, genre films, um, classic films, uh, films that don't get enough um, attention in their minds. And they're really, really fun to listen to. And every time I listen to one of their episodes, I'm just taking notes. I'm just writing down movies that I want to watch because of their recommendations. Um, and they have a theme for every one of their episodes that are really great. I highly recommend going back to their first and second season. And they have done episodes where they go through a filmmaker's filmography Ooh. and talk about every movie that filmmaker has made. But then they also pair it with another movie that they would do a double feature with. And uh, it's really fun. They've done that with John Carpenter's filmography. They've done that with Tarantino's filmography. Mm and they just started to do it with Scorsese. Um, and they're really great. So I can't recommend Pure Cinema Podcast enough. It's really fun. Okay, and you're saying something from their first or second season? Yeah, so go back to their, it was either their first or second season when they started doing those director filmographies. Okay. Um, yeah, but they, they have tons of episodes. They're all really great. And every episode I listen to, I end up writing down a handful of movies that um, I want to see that I've, some I've heard of and a lot of them I've never heard of. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Did they ever talk to Predator? Uh, not that I can remember. Yeah. They, um, exploited it very much or like niche. Yeah. They have a tendency to talk about, um, they, they go to a lot of like repertory theaters and they will talk about like they both live in LA and go to the new Beverly theater in LA, which is a repertory theater that is constantly showing older movies on 35 millimeter film. Um, and so they talk about like new discoveries that they've seen, you know, a lot of their picks are from the seventies and eighties, mm -hmm. but they also will do, you know, favorite horror movies from the 2000s or they'll do like favorite movies they've discovered on blu-ray in the last year just they have different themes and i just really like listening to them talk about movies it's, it's pretty great oh that's really cool it's yeah, yeah it, I, it takes like you know it takes uh yeah those kind of keepers of the of the of the flame to really i think pass down that movie love where you have people like pure cinema it sounds like and people like the podcast that we've both listened to f this movie yeah I, and i came through pure cinema and shockwaves really through f this movie so oh, nice and they have all they have all guested with each other on their various podcasts oh, so that's the best when your worlds collide and you're like oh my god i know i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. So there's my recommend this week. Sweet. Thanks, Mace. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, no problem. There's a portion of the show where we talk about where in the world can people find this expert named Carl Hungus? My name is Carl, you be an expert. Mm, that's right. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter. I am Jeff Glover. My handle would be Carl with a K underscore capital H Hungus. 314. 
Come follow me on Twitter. All right. Or not. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Or not. It's up to you. I'm going to let you decide. No pressure. (laughs) Oh, he's he's trying to save the cable, but he says cobble. (laughs) Hello. My dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Cobble. Yes, I'm here to fix the cobble. Cobble. (laughs) Just his delivery is like, oh, it's so perfect for that situation. (laughs) Yes. Acker doesn't really know what he's saying. He's just like, just repeat it phonetically. Great, the cobble. Cobble. All right. I love that movie. So if you out there, listener, viewer, if you want to talk about long shots and movies that you especially appreciate let us know email your response at predator minute at gmail.com we are also on facebook and twitter and i think that's it for the minute so for predator minute i've been john zabriskie and i'm jeff glover and until next time stick around <laughs>